Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Multipurpose with Lakshad. Today I have Martin over here and, and it's going to be a special episode again as we are in the Pride Month. Uh, so today I have Martin. Martin is an entrepreneur and a wonderful man. And uh, yes, thank you very much for being here. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you. Of course, thank you for having me. Yeah, so, so before starting, you know, that would be great if you can just speak about yourself and what you do. That would be amazing. Uh, sure. So my name is uh, Martin and um, I live in the U.S. I live in New York um, and I, like you said, am an entrepreneur. So pursuing different businesses at the moment and uh, just celebrating Pride Month with my husband. Okay, wonderful. So yes, um, before, before um, I, I, that would be great before we get into the questions, you speak about your, your story and Amit's story. How did you met and how these things happen? Sure. Uh, well, so we've been together this December. It'll be 10 years. So we've been together quite a long time. Um, and we met via a mutual friend on Facebook uh, about 10 years ago. And um, that's kind of how it happened. It was just a circumstance. And I think it was fate and destiny. And it was all supposed to happen. So, um, you know, we, we've been together ever since. And uh, we got married about a year and a half ago. Um, and so now kind of planning for the future beyond the wedding. Okay. Okay. And, uh, how, how did things take place? Like, um, how was your parents response? How was your Amit's parents response? How things did come out and how did things work? I mean, so for me, I was already out to my family and my friends and everybody in my life prior to Amit and I meeting. Um, when Amit and I met other, he was not out to his family. So it took, I think about four or five years into our relationship for him to come out. But, um, you know, I never had any issues with my friends or my family. Um, and he never had any issues with his friends or his family. Everybody was very accepting and very open. Um, and his family has been very accepting with him coming out and being gay, but also with him having me in his life and being, you know, a non Hindu and a, a, a white person and, you know all the di all the blaring differences on the surface it hasn't actually really made a difference um so that's been really great okay okay and uh, what what like what what kind of um what kind of commitments does it take to you know uh, what how does you you think um normal relationship and the you know being um are there any kind of differences being um, into a normal, normal, uh, you know, uh, that both are normal. So being in a relationship with opposite uh, gender and the same gender, are there differences? If yes, what kind of differences are there? I mean, in my mind, I don't really see too many differences, right? I see them as the same. I see, you know, our marriages as the same. I see our struggles as the same type of struggles. I mean, being a same sex couple versus uh, a, a man and woman couple, of course, you're going to have a little bit of a differentiated struggle or differentiated topics that are more important to you or that you have to figure out how to deal with. But I think the, the baseline of the relationship, like the operating DNA of the relationship is really the same. Um, and I think that's one thing that if people could just wrap their mind around that, that we're actually not different, that it's just, it's love just in a varied form. I think that would help a lot of people accepting something that they don't understand. Okay. Okay. And, and how, well, like do, what kind of people they are, you know, um, everywhere in the world, not everybody accepts, uh, your friends. Like, do you have any strangers, 
uh, speaking weird things or making fun or you know there, what kind of uh, people there are who just tell weird things that you don't like um so you know i i was i've been on social media for a long time and i've had an instagram for a long time but my instagram really blew up after our wedding because we were featured uh like in the new york times and vogue india and brides today and like brown girl magazine all these uh, all these really big um media publications wanted to do stories on our wedding just because it was it wasn't it was the, one of the first of its kind um in its scale and volume in the south asian community yeah so there were a lot of people that were interested in it and you know that was a little nerve-wracking at first because when you allow yourself to be opened up in that way then you open yourself up to criticism or cyberbullying or what whatever you want to call it right so um on my social media pages personally anytime that i post anything it's always very warm and loving the response that i get right very supportive and um very positive anytime any other larger publication posts posts our wedding Um, like for instance, a few weeks ago, we had Vogue India post, I think our third or fourth article with them. Um, it's tough. It's tough to see what people say. It's tough to see what people write and, um, you can't really put too much stock into it because if you pay attention to it, it's going to really impact your mood and impact your day. Um, and I just have to remind myself because I, I do read the comments because I want to know what the response is and I want to know. what the general consensus is and how people are feeling and what they're thinking and if they're if their thinking is based in religion or if their thinking is based in bigotry or hate or harm or you know whatever um so i do read not all of them but i read some of the comments and you you just you have to stay focused on what the goal is and what the goal is for Amit and i is to just spread awareness and provide education to people who who need it who just don't know right and and i i because i really believe that through education and familiarity it's it's going to just get better mm-hmm. and you know our our goal is not really to make our life better because our lives are great with each other and with our friend circle and our families but make it less painful for the next generation that's coming up and make it less painful for the people that are in the closet now and are scared to come out or scared to talk about who they really are or what their goals or aspirations are in life that's that's really what our goal is via social media and having our wedding kind of plastered all over that's really the the point of it all yeah yeah and uh, as as everybody um like how did your marriage really took place like what kind of rituals did you have what kind of uh, hindu rituals were there what kind of christian rituals were there how did this all took place what kind of traditions were at the wedding yeah traditions and how did this took place uh, everything so well so we got engaged in 2016 and then we took about a year and a half to plan the wedding i was directly smack in the middle of graduate school um and amit is a physician so he is he's in in private practice here in the us so he's always busy and building his practice and building his business so the first stop for us was to hire an uh, like a full service wedding planner mm-hmm. um cuz we could not have pulled off our wedding without an entire team of people there's just there was just no way um so we ended up getting recommended to one of the best south asian wedding planners um in my mind in the US uh her name is Sonal Shah she's from SJS Events uh which is based here in New York and uh she kind of assembled the the team that did everything 
the decorators and the cake and the catering and music and all that kind of stuff. And we really just kind of provided a guidance and said, look, this is what we want. These are the colors that we want. These are, this is the look we want. Um, and so we kind of provided the parameters and she kind of, she and her team did everything else. Um, and then as far as the, the Hindu wedding traditions, we had a Hindu ceremony and then we also had a Christian ceremony. So the Hindu ceremony wedding traditions, my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law really uh, were like, okay, you need this, you don't need this, you need this. So we had a full Hindu wedding ceremony mm-hmm. um, with all the prayers and, you know, the seven walks around the fire and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and we had the pundit there who performed the entire ceremony in Gujarati. And, uh, then after that, we had my aunt who is a minister perform our Christian ceremony. So, you know, our families were really, really intricately involved in helping plan the actual, um, goings on of our, of our religious ceremonies. Um, because, you know, Amit comes from a very traditional Hindu family and I come from a relatively traditional Christian family. So, uh, there were certain things that certain people in our families wanted and needed to see. And that was where we kind of brought them in. At. Okay. And um, how, what, what kind of, um, like, what kind of relationship advices would you like to give to the people who wants to come out and they don't accept themselves as they are? You know, I get asked this question a lot. And the thing that I always say is, is that, I preface it with this. I start with whatever I'm about to say with this is that coming out is a personal journey. It's not a one size fits all. It's on your own timeline and you have to be ready and you have to be comfortable. You, you know, you can't have someone else do it for you. And, you know, I, I also always say is that one of the most harmful things that you could ever do to an LGBTQ plus person, whether they're trans or gay or lesbian or bi, is to out them before they are ready. It's very dangerous emotionally and physically and mentally, all that. Um, But I say that to lead into this, that, you know, where you're sitting now in the closet and afraid to say who you are and be who you are, I've been there and every other gay person has been there. So we all, all of us that are out, we all know how you feel and we understand the fear. We understand the paralyzing fear of being in the closet and trying to be true to who you are. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that I always tell people when they ask me this is this, is that where you are now seems so scary and where you need to go seems even scarier. It almost seems insurmountable to be able to say the words and tell your family and tell your friends. But once you get to the other side of it, it is the most freeing and most magical and most ethereal feeling you will ever feel in your life. Mm -hmm. And I promise whoever, no matter what your circumstances are on the other side of it, whoever accepts you, accepts you and whoever doesn't, doesn't, but you will find your crew. You will find your family. You will find your friends. You'll find your love. You'll find your light. You'll find it all. But the first step to finding all of that stuff and being happy is you have to be truthful to yourself. And once you're truthful to yourself, you can you can get through all the other shit that you have to get through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for that advice. And um, why why do you think people? Um, there are still many. There are still many people who don't accept that uh, people people with same gender can love themselves. Uh, so why do you think that mentality still exists in twenty twenty? From what I see. Honestly, it's uh, mainly it's religion based. Okay. 
people are, whether they're Christian or Muslim or Hindu or what, whatever, Jewish, whatever, there's some four words in the Bible or the Quran or whatever it is that you're, whatever holy book it is that you follow that they have now interpreted or been told this is not okay. And, you know, in every holy book across every religion, it always says only God can judge. And that's always my response is that if, if you're following, if you're claiming that you follow the Bible or follow the Quran or whatever, and only God can judge you, you are not God. So who are you to judge? And, and I also think that part of that too, is that they just don't understand, right? Like I'm not trans, so I can, I can advocate and help and have them teach me whatever they need to teach me, but I will never know the actual feeling of what it's like to be trans. Just like a straight person will never know what it's like to be a lesbian or gay or bi. Like a white person will never know what it's like to be an Indian person. Like an Indian person will never know what it's like to be a black person. We all have our own individual journeys that are very specific to who we are. And the only thing that we can do is try to educate and be there for each other and and help in any way that we can right like for me uh, clearly i'm white and i use I, I attempt to use my innate genetic privilege of being born white to help those who need help yeah. so in new york i'm very active in politics and charity and you know protesting and there's been a lot of this stuff that's going on here in the u.s with the black lives matter movement and racial injustice and you know my husband and I both and a lot of my white friends and Indian friends and black friends and Asian friends were all deeply, deeply entrenched and very involved in all of these things. You know, racism doesn't affect me, right? In my, in my country, it doesn't affect me because I'm white and I live in the U S so, and I'm a man. So those three things make me unaffected in my, in my life. So racism doesn't really affect me. However, I fight every day for equality for the for my friends and my family who it does affect so you know i think that's all part of it is that we all have to just collectively be together and we all have to have each other's backs and that goes for gays it goes for black people it goes for immigrants it goes it goes for everything and everyone okay okay and um, what what kind of myths do people make about gays and what, what could you debunk some of them Sure. What's the question? Sorry. Yeah, no problem. So what, what kind of uh, myths do people have about gays and would you like to debunk them? What kind of um, like opinions do people have? Uh, no, myth, myth. Myths people uh, make. Like, oh, myths. Myths, yeah. myths, myths. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, sorry. Um, you know, especially with gay men, there's a lot of stereotypes. I don't really know how it is in India, but for here, you know, gay men are largely viewed as less than we are not viewed as intelligent we're not viewed as educated we're not viewed as being able to be taken seriously or take things seriously um we're viewed as kind of like the entertainment right like in a circus there's like a you know the monkey with the symbols that's kind of us like okay yeah you're gay whatever but make us laugh oh. and so you know i, d I actually did a, an interview yesterday and and this was one of the things that i was saying on the interview yesterday that that was a really, that was a personal struggle for myself was to learn how to take myself seriously because I, as a gay person, wasn't taken seriously. So I didn't think that I was smart enough to get an education and I didn't think that I was worthy of an education and 
I, you know, I didn't think that I could be taken seriously if I wanted to sit down at a table and talk about politics and not makeup and hair, you know? Um, you know, s stereotypes exist for a reason somewhat. Um, and, you know, who's to say that you can't sit down and have a conversation about makeup and hair, but then also talk about the politics that are going on in the country or in the world or the global issues that are happening. Um, so that was something that was like really difficult for me personally to overcome. And my husband, like I said, who's a physician, who's like one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. Um, he helped me with that. He helped me be taken seriously and advocate for myself to get an education and know for myself that I could do it. Um, and so I think that that's one of them, you know, I think the, the overlying kind of thing about gay people in the U S is that we're just not taken seriously. Like whatever we stand up for, whatever we're advocating for, it's just, we just don't take you seriously. Cause I feel like the religious zealots and the bigots don't see us as humans yet. Okay. We're just not, we're not, we're still not deep enough into the gay rights movement in this country to be taken seriously, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yes, wonderful. Thank, thank you for that, that for answering the question. Um, what, what, um, how, how somebody uh, like you know, if all fine as you said, there are people telling you uh, make us laugh. So how can somebody uh, being a gay or lesbian or bisexual or anything can just uh, you know leave that behind and not like how how can you have a thick skin that don't matter? You like whatever people say, you don't care. So how can somebody have that? Well, so, I mean, for me, I have a very thick skin, right? So, I, like, there's very little that bothers me in this world. I mean, if you, if you mess with my family, like, that's it. Like, I'll, like that's my trigger, right? But, like, I, I'm in my early 30s, and I grew up in a time that I was clearly different, in a very small town that I was the only one. Okay. And okay. I had no other choice but to, to grow a thick skin. I had no other choice because it was either grow a thick skin or cry yourself to sleep every night. And I just refused to do that. And I, you know, that's a choice that I had to make, but it was a survival instinct because I had no other option. Right. And I think gay people, because we have gone through all of the things that we've gone through, whether it's the bullying or the, you know, just all the BS that we, we have to go through every day. We learn how to, how to digest that stuff and we learn how to be strong because we have no other choice. Um, and you know, the, there's not really anything that like I can say as someone who lives in a very gay friendly city in New York and I, and I'm surrounded by people who are not judgmental and, you know, love us for us. And it, it, it's, it's gotta be difficult for somebody in, let's say a small village in India that might be watching this or listening to this and saying like, okay, well his life is so different from mine and his life is easy. And that's, you know, that's why he's able to sit here and talk to us about all of these things. Yeah. But the only thing that I would say is, is that even in a small village in India, the things that those little boys or those teenagers who are closeted are feeling, we collectively as gay people have all felt that. And so where they are, the despair and the desperation, like I've been there, my husband has been there. And, you know, you just have to keep going. You just have to keep going until you pop through the other side and then, you know, get your education and 
meet your friends and, you know, start to love yourself and accept yourself. And then people around you will too. Yeah. yeah they will, they will. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so I think, um, yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, there are some kind of uh, quick questions I just want to ask you. So sure. which, which cuisine do you prefer? The, 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 normal, the normal food you eat every day or the, the Indian food which Amit cooks for you? Which, which do you love more? I love Indian food. Okay. And uh, do you love more? Um, what kind of taste do you la- love in the Indian food? More the tastiest, the, the spiciest or an okay, okay. I like spicy. Yeah. I like, I would, pre- I prefer spicy over rich, like with, without the butter, without the cream, without all that stuff, without the oil. I like the spicy stuff. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. And uh, who does the dishes? You or how, how, how dishes things goes on? Well, so normally, normally what happens is I cook and he does the dishes. That's normally what happens. But if I, if he's cooking, he'll only make Indian food. Um, you know, Gujarati food or whatever. So then I'll do the dishes. We usually alternate that way. Okay. Um, what, what has been your uh, major learning being in a relationship, um, which people t- tend to say is un- unusual, kind of, uh, which is not normal in a, in a lot of places in the world. So what kind of things did you learn um, or did you see or did you experience in the journey of accepting yourself and, you know, marrying a man and having a husband? What did you learn from those things? Well, I mean, I think the journey of accepting yourself is a universal thing across gay, straight, black, white, yellow, whatever, right? I, I think that that is something that everybody in the world has to go through is accepting yourself, whether you're, you consider yourself fat or you consider yourself ugly or you consider yourself you know, too hairy or, you know, not tall enough or whatever it is. Um, So that I think is kind of more of a universal journey for everybody around. Um, But, you know, when I met my husband, I was out of a really, really, really horrific relationship, uh, maybe for a year. And I had really worked on myself every single day for a year. So I was ready to receive kind of what he was ready to give. And, um, you know, I think working on yourself constantly is something that's really important. You just have to be in touch and in tune with yourself and love yourself and like yourself and enjoy being with yourself. Like I enjoy my alone time and I enjoy being with myself. And I think that's something that's super important, but that comes with getting older and knowing yourself. And, you know, I think that's all part of the personal journey, really. Okay. And what would be a last message you would like to leave for anybody who wants to come out or any kind of message you would like to leave over here before ending this up? I mean, I think it's kind of a, a prequel or a, you know, a sequel to what I was saying earlier that, you know, if you're in the closet, that's, that's no way to live and that's no place to live and that's no method to live. And, you know, you got to decide your own timeline and your own journey, but just no matter if you come out at, five, if you come out at 15, if you come out at 55, if you come out at 85, just know that on the other side of it, there will always be people there with their arms open, ready and willing to love you and accept you no matter who they are, no matter who you are. No matter if you think you're, you know, gay and trans or, you know, whatever your identity is. And even if your identity changes from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday, there's always going to be a crew and always going to be a group for you. You're never going to be alone. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Thank you very much for being here. 
Uh, a, a, a wonderful session, you know, totally with the different things and different ideas and different things to know. And uh, yes, it was it was a pleasure having you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me.